Okay, so like I said, um, I'm still making mistakes since the deliverance, like, it feels that God has made it kind of clear that he doesn't want me to indulge in wine and He specifically delivered me of heart, my addiction to hard liquor, um, marijuana, and tobacco that day. Since I have smoked tobacco and I've indulged in wine, now the thing is, after the deliverance, I was so, so weak in my body. But two days later, I actually drank a bottle of wine. And I just remember, after I drank the wine, that God said to me, you know, it's okay. This is okay. I'm going to let this slide because... just because of what I was going through. But that night, I slept so good. (laughs) I had slept so good. Like, I genuinely felt like whatever it is that is plaguing my life, whatever dark power, whatever witch, whatever, you know, curse that is plaguing my life was truly lifted that day. It was truly lifted that day. And these are signs, you know, more than signs. These, This is proof, evidence that God truly is like, he exists. He is the almighty power. And that was him. Now, I got one night one night of, you know, peaceful sleep that I hadn't been able to experience for at least a year, maybe in a a year and a half before that. So it's like, I'm going years without sleep, really. I'm never sleeping. I'm never sleeping. I can lay my head down and go to sleep. But... I don't sleep immediately, you know, like I'm still up and I can feel it. I can feel it like my soul, my spirit is still awake. My soul, my spirit is always awake. I am never sleeping. I can never sleep. And I had one night of sleep that day after the deliverance that night. It was the most relieving night ever ever and I just questioned like God why why are you because that was confirmation that I wasn't sleeping and I knew that I wasn't but you know that was confirmation I'm just like God why why only one night of sleep why why you know am I being deprived of my sleep 
like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Like, I need you. Help me. I know that you are here now. And that at that point, like, I knew how serious it was. I still know how serious it is. But it was just, I was still, feels like my adrenaline may have still been pumping around this time. And I got that one night of sleep. Honestly, before I laid my head down to go to sleep that night, I heard someone say, don't go to sleep, just go. Just go, leave. And in that moment, like, it felt like, why, you know, why do I still question these things? Why am I still so indecisive? You know, especially after what I've just seen, that's confirmation that this is where I need to be. Because if I had gone before now, then this deliverance would have never happened. You know, all these, all this evidence of God's existence. Not that I needed it to know he was real, but I needed it. In ways I couldn't have never imagined, and just like what he had given me such a wonderful gift, a life fulfilling gift to know your purpose and destiny on this earth. Your time here, I can't stress how priceless of a gift that is. And I had gotten all of that, including, you know, my sister and her unborn child, you know. Back, you know, all of that back, my mother, you know, solutions, all of that back in one day. But it was it was past one day. This is a year, years in the making, building up to this. But that's why I did not go. I did not go because I said... Had I listened to you and you said go every single day this year, you know, I wouldn't have made it to this point. I wouldn't be here right now experiencing what I'm experiencing. So I cannot listen when you say go. But why do I still consider it? It's because I don't want to write anything off. Especially considering that being receptive to what God is call when God is calling me and what He is saying to me led me here, and I never know if that may be what He wants me to do, despite how much it hasn't worked before, despite it not being the solution before. It can be the solution now. You know, how do I know that, you know, I wasn't supposed to go before. Good thing I listened because I'm here now. But how do I know that now is the time, is not the time to go? Because you are still here even after all of that. And this is still happening even after all of that. When I got up from that floor after praying, I thought it should be all over. But it wasn't. And it isn't still. And... God said, be careful. He said, be careful. And I try my best. You know, I want to say, I, I will actually, 
I will, I will admit that, you know, I wasn't as careful as I could have been because I still was trying to figure out what was really going on. So when God said, be careful with my sister, be careful with her because she needs to feel loved. She she needs to feel like she has somebody. That's why this happened. You know, be careful. He didn't tell me what would happen if I wasn't careful, but he said to be careful. And then there was another instance where he said, be careful. And I was careful. And I was able to pretty much like distance myself from an individual that was attached to me spiritually. And so I believe that when he said, be careful, I would have been able to, you know, create more of a distance between my sister and the and the feelings, the 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 whatever it was, you know, that that caused it. And I wasn't careful enough. And I do remember during the deliverance doing the best that I could to take responsibility for what had happened. Because you know Nobody puts a gun to your head and tells you to become a witch. Nobody puts a gun to your head and tells you to, you know, deliberately try and kill, sabotage, whatever it is to another individual using satanic means of power. Nobody ever... No one, no one does that. Some, well, maybe some people do, but that wasn't the case. And yet still, God required me to take responsibility. He required me to take full responsibility for the entire situation. Regardless, I was never there when she did witchcraft. I never encouraged it. Had no clue that that's what she was doing, really, even though I had a clue because it was being done to me. I had nothing to do with it. You know, I would never do it. I would, I mean, honestly, I thought about it. I considered it, but I never went through with anything of that nature. Only as close as I got to that was horoscopes and, you know, uh, tarot card readings. And that's bad enough, but I never felt that I encouraged that well per se because I spoke to her a couple years before that and I told her that I was going to go to the library and I was going to look into a witchcraft book because someone told me about witchcraft and I said that I wanted to look into the book and just read up and just you know just gain knowledge on it see what's in it and then move forward see if I would ever indulge in something like that, which I don't feel like I ever would have. But she asked me, why would you want to do that? And I said, oh, many reasons. But, you know, something that sparks my interest right now is maybe if I could ever find something in that book to find out everything that's ever been done to me behind my back. And... 
immediately once I got off the phone with her, I heard a voice that said, don't do it. Don't go. You don't need that. You need me. I can I can tell you. I can show you. I can give you anything and everything you ask of me. You don't need to go and do it that way. Don't do it. And so I did it. But I felt... I felt responsible and I felt guilty because I told her that I would and maybe that encouraged her to go do it or feel that it was okay to do it. But I didn't feel that I had that much of an influence on her in that manner that she, you know, would... It doesn't matter. The fact, that, the, fact, the fact is that God required me to stand in the gap for my family. Regardless if I knew better or not, regardless if I never indulged in myself or not, regardless if I had anything to do with it or not, regardless if I'm the victim of it instead of the actual antagonizer, he required me to take responsibility and stand in the gap. And when you're chosen, I was a cho- I was, I found out that day that I am a chosen vessel, being used as a vessel. When you are chosen in your family, he requires you to stand in the gap for each and every single last covenant, demonic covenant, satanic covenant that has ever been made in your bloodline, regardless of your knowledge or consent. You are required to take responsibility. That is what he requires from you. And, you know, I was willing to do anything to help my sister, help my family, get my sister back, you know, and, you know, please God and beat this because I don't want us to go to hell. We cannot go to hell. We can't go to hell, you know, and if I have an opportunity to keep us from that, of course, I'll take full credit, responsibility, all the consequences, everything that comes with each and every single last one of us, if I, if that'll keep us all out of hell, who wouldn't? Well, there's a lot of people who wouldn't, but I will definitely do that. So I did. And I just remember that being the difference. Like, it wasn't the, like, I want to say it's the, the main focal point. It wasn't. It was a lot of focal points, you know. The main focal point was getting her out. The main focal point was, you know, getting her to see that God loves her. That was the main focal point of the entire deliverance, of the the main thing that was, you know, so important, which obviously was the reason why this all happened, happened, was getting her to see how beautiful she was in God's eyes. How he sees her, how much he loves her, how much she is loved. Because Satan, you can even hear the things he'd say to her. And I and I don't even feel that it stops there because he must have been much completely worse. This is just what he was, what he had enough time to say in that time. Because he said so much. He said everything. And I couldn't believe the things he would say to me. You know, some he started off light, and it wasn't light, but it was light compared to the things he would he ended up saying. He started off saying certain certain things to me, 
And I was like, whatever. Not whatever, but just I'm focusing on God. I cannot argue about this. Focus on God. This is important. Then when he realized that this was happening, we were all in, he he went into saying the most heinous things. And I cannot even repeat what he said. I just know he said it. Like, I believe he said something to the, you know, degree of like, you are being raped. I had her rape you. And, you know, I've had her try to kill you. And she's done, you know, I've I've been using her, raping her. You know, I'm the reason you ever was molested. All kinds, I don't know if he said that, but he said some, he said things like, you know, pertaining to, you know, when I was molested as a child. And he said some heinous things that if anybody ever said that to me, like, you know, murder wouldn't have been out of the question if you did not have, you know, if you are saved. And when he said those things, I noticed first he started off the things he first started off saying, you know, he said them carefully. The things he was saying was not as bad as it could get. When he started saying the things as bad as it could get, he noticed that it was his chance to say those things. I noticed a switch where at first he was saying things very bad, but, you know, he wasn't going as far as he could. I didn't know that he wasn't going as far as he could because the things that he was saying, I could never imagine saying to anybody. The, the the light work. Then I noticed when he noticed that God told me, don't say anything. If you say anything, that's going to be the difference. When he noticed that God said that to me, then he was like, oh, I can say whatever I want. Okay. And then he started saying things. And I noticed when he first started saying these horrible things about me and my family, something clicked in me that was just like, I will kill you. Like, I will kill you saying these things. But I couldn't do anything. I had to submit completely to God. I had to submit it all over to God. And I never thought I'd ever had a strength to do something like that, ever. So I, I found a new strength that I never knew I had that day. And I noticed that. He knew I had that strength, though. He knew I had that because he wouldn't he wouldn't push that line before then. It's almost as if he wanted me to feel like God was protecting me from him, but he was being protected from me. And he knew it. He knew it because when it happened, when he first started going overboard like that, I like something in me was just like, you know, God, I don't want to die today. I don't want nobody to die today, you know? And it was just, it's just, 
I realized that he was afraid of me. He was very, 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 very afraid of me. And the entire time he was trying to instill fear in me. But it's not about me. It's about God. That's that's why it's hard for me to say that even though that's simple. You know, he's afraid of you. But the it's not about me. And God made it clear that day. Make sure you never say I or me. Because it is about God and him. Like everything, I had to be very careful with my words and my thoughts. Because if I had thought for a second that it was about me at all, that was dangerous. I could have lost the battle. And he wanted so bad to get me to say me, my power. And he wanted so bad for me to take the glory away from God. But every single time I gave the glory to God, he was broken down more. My The power that God placed in me expanded. And that is what made the difference between the win or the loss in the battle. Giving the glory to God. So I realized in my daily life. I still battle with me and I when it's not about me. It's about glorifying God, his name, and his kingdom. It's not about me. It's not about my sister. It's not about what drove me that day, which is maybe the difference between why I'm still dealing with this. You know, because God, he even spoke to me. We had a conversation. He said, you know, I know you love me. I know you would fight like that for me. But do you know that you will fight like that for me? Because you fought like that for your family. You fought like that for your sister. And it's it's on the lines of, do you love your sister more than you love me? You cannot love anybody more than you love me. And... I said, God, I love you more than anybody. I know that now more, you know, more than I've ever known that because before, you know, before this whole experience, maybe, yeah, I was debating whether I love my family more than I loved you. But I know that I love you and I choose you. I know that now. I wouldn't have even made it to this point unless I had realized that. And obviously God knows that. I don't have to tell him that. But this is what I'm realizing and I'm saying coming to the conclusion of and what I realized is that you know he he's right and it's hard for me to admit but when I fought so hard the power that he placed in me and the strength that I never knew that I had all of that was at the thought of losing my sister it was at the thought of losing my mother. It was at the thought of losing my family. And could I have done it if it was just at the thought of losing God? Because the entire fight that entire year was at the thought of losing God. And my family. But that fight, what Satan held over my head was, she will die. I'm going to kill her. If you get up, if you lose this battle, you're going to lose her. 
And that's what kept me there and would have kept me there for however long it took. And I felt, I don't feel guilty because there's no guilt found in God, you know. But I felt that, you know, I'm not where I need to be because of that. I'm not where I need to be in God because of that. Because I needed, what needed to have driven me like nothing before was my love for God alone. I love my family. It's, it makes, it, it, it's hard and it's, I'm sure it's understandable to plenty of people. And sometimes even maybe not make any sense. Like, what do you mean? Of course, at the thought of someone you love dearly, you're going to fight harder than you ever fought before. But God wants you to fight harder than you ever fought before at the thought of him. So I realized that that's going to be required of me before I reach, you know, a certain level with him. It's going to be required of me to be willing to get to the next level and find a new strength in myself for him to place a new strength in me, to, for him to reveal a new strength in me that I've never known I've had in myself by finding a love for him I never knew I had and grasping it, grasping that it's all about him, grasping that it's all you know, for the glory of his name. It's all for the glory of his kingdom. It's all for him. Now, I never was one of those people who was like, why do I have to give God all the credit? Where's my credit? I I went through this. I work hard. I, you know, I... I built this. It was all by my sleepless nights, my blood, sweat, and my tears that got this, that made this happen. I was never one of those people who needed that. I'm I'm just I may just not have that selfishness in me, but yet still I battle with wanting to take the credit for myself. And it's it's not even that I intentionally do that because it's not that I need the credit. Like I don't even have to have the credit at all. But I think it may just be a mental thing when you are, when you write something, when you do something, anything you do, you say, I did that. I wrote that, you know, I'm responsible for that. And you don't see it as taking anything away from God, but it is, it's taking everything away from him. You say, God did that. God wrote that. God's responsible for that. Giving him all the glory all the time is the difference. It is the difference. And I notice how much Satan, how much he, how much he really, he tries so hard to get me to say my power. I, I did this or I want her back. No, God wants her back. God's power. God's doing this. You know, as as bad as he tried to get me to say that, I knew that that made the difference between the power of life or death. When it well, God's power being life and life or death in you. And I was mind blown because I knew that I knew that my whole life, like I've been 
trained up. God has been training me up, but never like this. Like, how can I say never like this if he's been training me up for this very moment? But I say never like this because that day I discovered a power, a strength. God revealed a strength in me that I had never ever known I could have and I'm being careful with that because it's like how do you say God's revealed a strength in yourself that you've never known when it's God's strength it's God's power you know it's not your strength I'm trying to say that you know he pulled something out of me but it's not me that's what I mean when I'm you know saying that I I battle with you know being able to word things correctly and giving him his glory. And I'm not trying to be smart or take anything away from it if I am. You know, I'm trying. I'm I'm working on it, you know. But all I know is that I have to get used to saying God's body, God's power, you know, God's voice, God's will, God's way. It's all God. My life does not belong to me anymore. It it never belonged to me. Nothing. Satan wasn't afraid of me. He wasn't afraid of me. Even though it felt he was afraid of me. He wasn't afraid of me. He was afraid of God in me. It's not me. So I can't take any of the credit. Because when I realized how afraid of, you know, I don't want to say me, uh, because I I can't say how afraid of God he is. I know he's afraid of God already. But when I realized how afraid of God in me that he was, you know, what clicked for me was the fact that he knew that all along. And there was a power in me that I was not accessing the entire time due to unbelief in myself. You know, but it wasn't never about me, which made which which is why I'm, which brings me to my next point. I'm not I'm not upset or mad that I didn't notice it before then. I I don't feel that I missed out on a thing. I'm so grateful, and I'm I'm so thankful to God that everything happened the way that it happened because I wouldn't have wanted to discover that power, and felt that it was me when it is God. You know, I'm so grateful that it happened the way that it happened because I realized that God, you know, revealed something to me. What he revealed to me was that, you know, it's very dangerous when you feel that you have... When you when you get so big-headed that you think that you can do it without him. It's very dangerous because the fact of the matter is the power that was in me that was accessed in the midst of the fight, it would have been enough to hold him. It would have been enough to, it would have been enough to get a few hits off. It would have been enough to maybe put a dent in whatever the battle was, but it, it wouldn't have been enough to carry me my sister, her unborn child, and my mother away. We cannot do this without God. We can't do it without him. And it's like, I don't want to take away from anybody who's coming into their power and feels like, you know, 
know it's so freeing and it's so invigorating to find out a power and discover a new power in you that you never knew that you had. And you need to embrace that. You need to love that. Life is, that's what life is about. And I'm just saying that it was so amazing to realize I had that power, but more amazing to give it over to God. More amazing to allow God to place a power in me that was so much more, so much greater, so much, so much more controlled than whatever I would have otherwise decided to do on my own. So why am I speaking on this? I'm speaking on this because clearly a part of me, my whole life was aware of this power and was, you know, interested, interested in tapping into it and accessing it and what I could do. I've never felt dependent on anyone but God, but outside of me knowing that this is all God, you know, I wouldn't have otherwise been dependent on, you know, another God, meaning before this all started, I threatened God. And I, um, you know, I'm not ashamed to say it because no shame found here, but I knew I was wrong. I threatened God and I said, God, I don't feel that you are, you know, helping me. I come to you and I want to be better and I'm making progress with you and I'm being better in you. But it feels that you, it feels that things are getting worse. It feels that, you know. What is the point of me reading my Bible? What is the point of me, you know, giving up all these things in my life if things are going to get worse? If it feels like you're not helping, you're ignoring me, you're allowing me to suffer, and you're letting these things happen. And God said to me, you don't know what I'm protecting you from. And of course I understand that Humility was needed in that situation (laughs) on my behalf. But just the point of that was, the point of me mentioning that was that I said, you know what? I'm done with this Bible. I'm about to put it down and I'm done with you. I can do this on my own. I didn't say I'm going to say it. I didn't say, I'm going to find a new God. I didn't say, you know, there are so many guys out here. I'll see which one fits me best. I didn't say that. Even though I may have wound up just at least seeing about it. I didn't say that that wasn't my intent and that wasn't what I was going to actually do. I said, I can do this on my own. And I... That tells me that I was aware there was a power in myself that I could have been tapping into that I have yet to have, I have yet to tap into that made me feel like I can handle this life thing. I know my power. But I want to be careful because, you know, the, the fact is, I still stuck with God. After that, so many so many crazy things start happening. People start talking in my mind. 
you know, all this crazy stuff started happening where, you know, I feel like people are reading minds. Everybody can read my mind. All these things going on around me, cars, people being controlled, and so many different things just like in my visions and everything happening. I ran to God. But if I were truly serious about giving up on God, how would I have handled that differently? You know, maybe it would still have happened the way it happened. Maybe I still have been attacked at the same level as as how I was attacked. But if I just if I didn't run to God, how would I have tapped into that power in order to overcome the situation? I don't doubt that I couldn't have, you know, figured a way to overcome that situation in many different ways. What I'm saying is that I'm so grateful that I chose God. No, God chose me because the fact that matter is, and I didn't realize this at the time was, but I did at the same time realize it was that the entire reason why I was a target was because of God's anointing on me. If I had walked off and decided that it's my power, I you know, I need to figure out how to do this on my own or I don't need God, that would have been exactly what the enemy was intending to happen because he wanted to pull me away from God's destiny for me. The thing is, I don't want to take away from anybody who feels like you don't need God. That's a mindset. It's a limited mindset. And if you keep yourself in a box your whole life, you'll never see what's out there. And I feel like that's one of the biggest battles that I've faced as far as trying to get someone to see it from my perspective as far as how important God God is in your life. It needs to be in your life because you nobody wants to hear you can't do without God. Nobody wants to hear that you need God when you feel that, you know, you can do it on your own. Or when you feel that certain times when you need him for certain things, he has not been there. Nobody wants to hear that, you know. And what you definitely cannot do is someone who's come into their power and knows what they are worth and knows what they are capable of. You cannot tell them that, you know, what they know about it. You cannot tell them. They, you know, there's people who are like, I'm not even going to talk to you because you have no clue, you know, what I can do or even what you can do. To say that you need God and you can't do this without him is a slight. And it's not, you know. So I want to be clear and address as best as I can the fact that, yes, of course, you are born with a power and you have a certain power that you can tap into. And it will I'm, I'm sure it feels amazing to recognize that in yourself and to build on that and to empower, feel empowered and embody your power, I'm sure. But that being said, all that acknowledged, God, he is the almighty power. And his power is obviously so far past, you know, your power. And I'm careful with that. You know, who am I to tell you about your power? But it's just God's power. 
what he's giving you, what he's placing in you, what he has for you, I guarantee it's worth it's worth it. He's worth it. His power is amazing. You know, what I really want to say is that his power is so much bigger and greater than anything you can do on your own. His power is freeing and it's stable. And it is, you know, though it is controlled, that's the best part about it. It's controlled. You know, I'm not saying you can't control your own power. I'm quite sure you can. But when when God, you know, when it's with God, he, in showing his power, will show you your power and place such a power in you. Yes, you report to him. Yes, all the glory is to be given to him. But it's so amazing. It's so much bigger and greater than anything you can do on your own. And when it comes down to those battles, which you will face in life, that you cannot handle by yourself, you don't have to do it alone. And his power is is just so abundant, it's so unlimited, and it's always accessible to his children. So that also reminds me of, you know, when God said about what God said about his about inheritance. He called me an heir. And then I heard other, you know, children of God speaking about being heirs. And then not to mention, you know, he said this twice to me. And then I heard a bunch of conversations surrounding it for years. But as far as, you know, all I know is one day I got up off my knees from worshiping God. And he said to me, no, I will not let you squander your inheritance. And I knew what he said it pertaining to. He said it pertaining to, I am to complete something. And I, I'm feeling like I can't do it. Like, why can't this, why can't you just give it to me now? Why can't you just, why can't you just do the rest for me? Excuse me. And God is saying, no, you need, you have to do this. Like, out of all the things you've been able to change my mind about, I've been spoiled my whole life by God. Out of all the things you've been able to change my mind about, and I I eventually give in when you keep pressing on to me, you keep saying, God, please, please, please. I've, I always give in to you, and I always give you things because I love you so much. This time, you have to do it. I'm not changing my mind. You're not going to, you know... Like, I'm not spoiling you this time. Well, I'm spoiled anyways, but this isn't changing. He's putting his foot down. He said that he made that clear. I'm putting my foot down on this one. No, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. And I'm not changing my mind about it. I didn't realize how much of a spoiled child I was until he truly showed me everything he's ever given me. And... He can't even show me everything he's ever given me because it's so much. But he showed me, like, a majority of it. And it's still so much. Like, I have an entire kingdom. And I remember having a whole city 
that, you know, belong to me just for, just for play, just for, just to play in. Like, I always wanted a toy that you can draw something on a piece of paper and it comes to life. And that's what my city is. Whatever I draw in my city, it comes to life. He gave me that. That's it. That's a spiritual gift God has given me. And I've had that ever since I was a kid. And God is so interesting. God is so amazing. You know, in the things that he does and how he does them. He's so intentional. But he said he's putting his foot down. You know, he won't let me squander my inheritance. And so I've been trying to figure out what that means ever since he said it and that I'm an heir. And then other people are asking me in my royalty or something, you know, I have been trying to figure out what that means. And I realized we all have a part of, we all have an inheritance. We're all, we all have a part of God's inheritance as his children, as his children, when you choose him, when you submit yourself over to God, you get a part of the inheritance, that being heaven, that being eternity with God. And Jesus speaks about this. There are scriptures of Jesus speaking about uh, God's many mansions and um, God's inheritance and how he wants us all to have a part in that. Now, I was wondering how I could ever squander my inheritance here on earth. And I, the only thing I could come up with is that the only way you can squander an inheritance, the inheritance that is eternity in heaven, is to not make it, is to not go. So when I got up from that floor from worshiping and God is saying he's requiring this of me, I remember my attitude was, I can't do this. I may not be able to do this. I'm, you know... I'm, I may just, you know, I may just not go. I may just not make it. I may just, you know, go another uh, another way. Because if this was required of me and I cannot do it, I just cannot do it. You know, I give up. And God is saying, I won't let you squander your inheritance. Because he's saying, I won't let you miss out on your opportunity with in eternity with me. That's how I put it together. But I do think it means more. Matter of fact, I know it means more. Because another time, I was at the hotel last year, last year, right before Christmas. So like a month ago. I was at a hotel and I got on my knees and decided to worship again and try it again. And... I I think I heard God saying, you know, you are not worthy. She is not worthy to be with you. Speaking of Jesus, you're not worthy to be with my son. Because of how much I was slacking off and, and, and backsliding and making excuses for myself. And he said that um, something about an heir. And... When I got back from the hotel, I heard someone say, you thought you were going to 
be with the with the air. You thought you were going to you thought you were taking away the air. Speaking of me and I didn't I didn't realize I was held to such a high you know I knew it but I didn't know how much that mattered because God has been showing me these things my whole life. But I always had to separate what I knew in the spirit from what I have to deal with on in a daily on a daily basis here on earth. The reason being because I have to survive here and you know I wish that I could be like I'm rich, so you know my bills are paid, but I still would have to get a job and pay them here. I know that I'm rich. I feel rich. God tells me that I'm rich. I know I'm rich. I am very, very, very rich. I know that. But I still have to get a job and pay my bills here. And I'm probably going to be living, you know, off of, you know, what I can, what I can manage. That doesn't seem very rich. But that doesn't mean that I'm not rich and that I don't know it, which is why I've always had to separate the spirit from the natural here. And also in the spirit, you know, I want to be, you know, I want to be able to freely trust, freely love, freely care like I can in heaven and with God. I can't do that here. That can get me killed. You know. But God has always you know, what God had had told me five years ago. It's all coming alive. It's all coming into play in the natural. He said to me, you know that you are a demon hunter. You know that you are rich. You know that you are these things. And I was like, yes, God, I know. And I'm so grateful, thankful. I love you so much. Thank you. And he's like, no, you are going to have these things. I'm like, no, God, I know I have them. Thank you. I love you. I'm grateful for these things. You know that I'm, I know who I am with you and I'm grateful for what I have, even though I, you know, don't have any money for others to see, or I don't have these things for others to see. I cannot prove these things, you know, to the naked eye. I know, but I'm thankful anyways. And God is like, but they are coming to play to the naked eye. Like this is this is about to come this is about to manifest before your eyes, before everybody's eyes. Everybody's going to know it. That's what he said. Everybody's going to know it. And when he said everybody's going to know it, I said, "Okay, so they're all going to know that that's why I'm in the spirit." And he's clarifying, "No, everybody's going to see it. You're going to have it. It's going to be in your hand." And I couldn't believe it because if you knew everything that he's been giving me, it feels like it's impossible. It feels like it's impossible for me to truly have these things in real life. But then a few years later, wow, it's really happening. So that's where I'm at where when, you know, even if I do have no being aware that I do have my own power. I do not trust that more than God's power. 
I cannot choose that over God's power. I would not choose that over God's power because I would be forfeiting my inheritance. That's what he's saying. Do not forfeit your inheritance. Forfeiting your inheritance is turning your back on him. No one can take it from you. No one can keep you from it. But you can forfeit it if you walk away from him. If you quit on him. Do not quit on him. Do not forfeit your inheritance. I believe we are all rich in God's kingdom. Because he is very, very, very rich. His throne room is like an entire country. and Bigger, a planet. And it's the floors. Everything in it is made from pure gold. A gold you will never find here because it's so expensive. I've been there. And with floors made of gold, ground made of gold, everything, the entire heaven made of gold, you know, that's just like, that's just a taste of how rich he is. God is so rich. He is super rich. So the money here, anything here, any materialistic thing here is not worth more than what God can offer. And I know that's hard to see, that's hard to grasp, and that's hard to, you know, hold on to when you still have to struggle, you know, working a nine to five to provide for your family here. And you just wish you had just a piece of that floor, maybe, to take care of your, the rest of your life, take care of you and your family for the rest of your life. But we have such a short time here, and... Nothing here is worth forfeiting that. Nothing here is forfeiting even a chance at that. So even if you don't make it, and even if it's just a chance, nothing here is worth more. I have so much more to say, but, you know, I feel I have to be very careful not to allow Satan to distort or pervert this word that I feel that God is about God, you know? But that being said, to sum it up, when I start hearing people talk in my mind and I start realizing people can read minds and I go out into this world and people are controlling people in cars and they're controlling my bank account and they're doing all these different things. And God has already told me that these things are going to start manifesting themselves in real life. It's not just going to stay in the spirit anymore. These demons I've been fighting my whole life. All of this stuff is about to manifest. And then it starts manifesting. Now you know where I'm at when I say is worth dying for. This is worth dying over. I cannot give up on him. And yes, I slack. I lack. I am constantly making mistakes when I can be doing better. I, I know, you know, what it would and should consist of if I truly mean it. And I'm trying. But my mind is set. I choose him. Always and forever. And... There's no doubt in my mind about that. And it hasn't been one. There can't be one. My loyalty is to God. And that's not even like that's a slight because I belong to him. My life is not my own. This is God's life. This is God's body. This is God's destiny. This is God's future. This is God's. I'm just doing my best 
to try and get on the same page so that I can embody it and carry it correctly. None of this belongs to me. So when I realize I'm a, I'm going to be okay, you know, if these things are coming to to pass and these things are true, just like God said they would be, that means everything else he ever told me was true. Not that I needed confirmation on that. I, I believe him. But that means that everything else is true and this is evidence towards that. So that means I'm going to be okay. So what is my job here? My job is to ensure that others see who he is and that others is okay. That others are okay. That's my assignment. He said revise the people. So show them who he is. Because since you are okay, since you are, you know, where you need to be, since you know who I am, show other people who I am. You know? And it's 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 been very hard. It's a tough road. I'm still working on that. It's a lot of people around me who just don't, you know, not even going to speak on that. But all I know is I have a responsibility to glorify his kingdom and build it. That's what I'm here to do. And that's what I'm suffering for. I'm not suffering for my things. I'm not suffering for me. Even though I lose sight of that sometimes, I am suffering for others. When I know I'm going to be okay, my responsibility is to ensure that others are. It's not about me anymore. I have everything. Just like God. God, he's okay. He has everything. He doesn't need a thing. So what does he do now? He's worried about you. Everything he does is for you. And I'm just trying to be more like him.